everybody. It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. And, you know, we've been talking about a few heavy subjects this morning. Yeah. It's going to be good to get into some Bible study. Mm. But before we do, Lawson was raising a really interesting point during the break about school excursions. Oh, and yeah. Lawson, just share that thought with me very quickly because I thought it was excellent. It was very well made. Oh, well, essentially it's under the school's duty of care to inform parents when they take a child on a school excursion because they're putting them in an unfamiliar uh, situation with, you know, potential risks. Um, yet, you know, just reviewing the story of Robert Hugland, uh, who is, you know, I went on to do just some reading of my own through different things that different publications have said about him and whatnot and just confirming, like, man, is this really what happened? Because it's quite a hectic story. Yeah, but essentially, like, his problem is that the school, while the school has to, you know, uh, get the parents' permission to go on an excursion because of the risk there, they don't have to inform the parents um, and aid their child. Uh, they don't have to f- inform the parents about them aiding and leading their child into, you know, the trans lifestyle. Gender, gender transitioning. You know, gender transitioning. And furthermore, because I, I went on to read about it, that it was the school who wrote the references to go and to see a doctor and to... Yes. Yeah, put put them on a pro. You know, I I from when I first heard the story, I was like, oh, okay, so she's become trans and then pursued this herself. But no, it was the school feeding her this information. Like that's how it all went down. And I was like, man, that's so heavy. Like that is so. Gotta heavy, get a, you gotta know? get a gotta get a parent to sign off on going on a school excursion. But well, we can transition your child to a different gender and not even tell you about it. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's really gnarly. So I, I hope that uh, it's looking like the the legal system in Canada is not you know not backing down. This guy is gonna. He's, he's going to serve his time. He's going to serve. So he's going to serve time. Heavy stuff. All right. So um, I, I did think that was a relevant point that uh, Lawson was discussing with us during the break. So wanted to share that. We do have a few text messages. We do have clues for the quiz. We have the survey to talk about. Yeah. So let's jump into it with another clue for our quiz. I want to figure this one out. See if you can figure this one out. See if you can win yourself some bragging rights. Or oh, uh, we had someone guess stone. Okay, stones, not stones. And that was stone. incorrect. Yes, stones so our incorrect. next clue is an angel appeared inside me. So, so far we've talked about how Stevens mentioned me, a leprous hand was near me, I was on the far side of the desert. Now we have an angel appearing inside. Okay, Lawson's just very quick off the mark there, writing something down. And, and he got it incorrect. You guys is, are going to kick yourself when you figure out what this is. <laughs> I just want to write my answers. I wrote cave. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try something here. And I'm right, going to go here with this. No, it's not the temple. No, it hasn't gotten either. We yeah. only have one more clue, guys. Come on. Oh, dear. You've got us all stumped this morning, Janae. You've done really well. <laughs> so today's okay. prize is the book At Jesus' Feet by Doug Batchelor, The Gospel According to Mary Magdalene. If you think you have an answer, please call us at 1-800-FAITH-FM. That is 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us at 0491-064-669. Yes. And, of course, um, if, you would li- if you know the answer, if you want to have a crack at it, then uh, you can either do that for bragging rights or for the prize, either which way you want to go. Okay, the... The, the survey, Lawson, tell us about the survey. Oh, What's yeah, the there? survey. We're doing a fantastic survey uh, here at Faith FM. Uh, basically, all you need to do, go to faithfm.com.au, jump on the website, follow the links to the survey, and you can essentially have your say in letting us know what you'd like to see from us, uh, how we can improve the here. station here, here at Faith FM, of it's course. Way, it's the way radio works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yes. I don't know why you needed to make that clarification. I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay, so essentially... It's better than, better than none when Lawson's behind the microphone. All right, all right, well, I'll just miss more uh, bin shots. Okay, so okay, you just need to go to faithfm.com.au, uh, jump on the website there, follow the links, fill out the survey, help us to know what we should do here essentially you know we we have an ideology of what we want to do here and that is to share the truth but we would love to hear from you in the the best way that we can do that yeah, what is it that's engaging you 100 percent. and if you do so you will go in the running to win one of 10 100 visa gift cards which are the best form of gift cards because you can spend it anywhere 100 exactly. like why why do gift cards even <laughs> exist just give me money and that's what we're doing yeah we're giving you money yeah, I mean, you know, um, well, there's lots of gift cards out there that I'd be completely uninterested in, but um, this one, I, I can I can take that and spend it on all kinds of very cool things. You and uh, pretty much everyone else. Yeah. Okay. Um, gift card aside, I find that these kind of surveys, you know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, somebody calls up and is like, hey, you want to do a quick survey and share your opinion on something? I love to share my opinion. Oh, 100%. I love it. Mm. I always do the same. Like, yes, good yes, stuff. This is, this, is, this is what I believe in and this is what I stand for. And, you know, I love being sort of a little bit out of the ordinary and um, going against the flow. This is your opportunity to do all of that. <laughs> Go against the flow. Tell us what you enjoy the most about Faith FM. Um, at the moment, we're second place behind uh, another Christian radio station that is just like infinitely bigger than us. Mm. So we're pretty <laughs> proud of that. We we if just a few more, and we could actually do better than them. So yeah, that would be super exciting. 100%. And it shows that our listeners are more passionate. Amen. Yes. Good stuff. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, we Bible have text st- messages. Text Ooh. messages before Bible study. We have text messages. In Genesis, God said that the animal kingdom were given all the herbs of the field. Mm-hmm. Mm. It shall be food for them. Science uh-huh. is always trying to improve what God said. It won't work. Ooh. But it will give you mad cow disease. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was referencing what I was feed, talking about. Feed the cows on uh, carbon dioxide. So if you missed the earlier section <laughs> where Lawson was talking about this new um, food that they are making for animals made out of basically harvesting pollution and turning into pellets, uh-huh. um, carbon dioxide turning into pellets, then, uh, yeah, this person is convinced you're going to get mad cow disease. Mm. <laughs> or, you know, well, mad cow disease comes from, you know, cows eating animal waste. That's now right. you just get liver poisoning. Yeah. Who knows? Stuff. Who knows? We'll, I guess we'll see in, uh, you know, 10 years. <laughs> yep. Another text message coming through about the situation in Lahore. Mm. Um, where there's an Adventist man facing capital punishment for speaking against Islam. Very serious story. Capital punishment is something that in the future will be used against true Christians around the world. Mm. Did you know that the guillotine was used by the Nazis more times than during the French Revolution? I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, The Bible says they shall be beheaded for their faith. At least a quick way to go. Well, um, (laughs) yep, that's what you call looking for the... (laughs) This person is definitely glass half full, not half empty person. Right? They're just keen to see it happen. (laughs) I don't think so. so. But yeah, it's a very interesting point. Um, Okay, so this one on on what we talked about with the interview, pornography uh, is used for uh, masturbation, which is surely making men and women who use it go spiritually blind. Mm. Making the point there that, you know, the old wives' tale was that you used to send you blind. Well, it sends you spiritually blind. 
May God help them to overcome pornography has been around forever. Now the devil has made it possible for anyone on the internet to watch it. As it was in the days of Lot, we are here already. The good news, Jesus is nearly here. Hold on to the end and be faithful. He will save you. Amen. That's a super positive end right there. Love that. Great text messages coming through. We always appreciate um, you sending me your messages through. We like to know what you're thinking and what your thoughts are. And we will share, share them here on Faith FM. Our number is 0491-064-669. Or you can call us on 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. And share us your thoughts. Share us your opinions. There's an open line there if you want to disagree with us. We're happy to have that discussion. We are happy for you to uh, call through and have a disagreement on anything that we share here. On The Breakfast Show, uh, that's what it's all about. Open communication and discussing, of course, you know, the things of God. That's what we're here for. Hmm. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 and 29 is where we're going to start. And Janae, hmm. like to read those ones for us. Yes. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb. Okay, so imagine you are Adam and Eve, and mm-hmm. you've just been created. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... I mean, you know, we have the big questions of who am I, why am I here, uh, where am I going, you know, those big existential questions that we deal with here these days. And uh, imagine you're Adam and Eve and you've just been created, but you've been created as a fully grown adult. Mm. Mm. Those questions would be suddenly super relevant, wouldn't they? <laughs> who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Right. And so obviously God is not going to leave them just sort of wandering around, wandering around like, What's this all about? Mm. He turns up and he is there to guide them through that and to answer their questions. And this is the first thing that God says. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So you're think about it this year, Adam and Eve, God turns up and is like, okay, we're going to get an explanation now mm. as to what's going on. And this is the first thing he says. So let's read that again with that in mind. Mm. Go for it, Janae. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So how does, how does God answer their big questions right there? By immediately giving them purpose. Okay, he's given them purpose, yes. Mm. And their purpose is to? Reproduce. Uh, reproduce, <laughs> yes. And to subdue. And reproduce, subdue, and? Have dominion. Have over. dominion mm. over the world. Mm-hmm. So God t- basically turns up and says, okay, you're wondering why you are here. You're wondering who you are, why you're here, where you're going. This is who you are, why you're here. You are human beings and you are in charge of this world. Yeah, I actually learned about this last year. It's called the cultural mandate of the Bible, the the uh, the purpose that God gives for His people. In fact, like the original purpose, as we were just talking about here. But yeah, scholars refer to it as the cultural mandate, and this has really governed um, society as a whole since you know the very beginning of time, as it's given at the very beginning of time. But it's interesting that you know uh, that people who have held this sentiment have often it's led to the next kind of evolutions uh, in society. For example, like this was a big reason for the birth of modern science because up until this point 
when you know people are practicing paganism and then you know uh, come down during the dark ages there was just this well you know during the dark dark ages it was uh you know just people facing religious oppression uh you know constantly but yeah particularly during the pagan eras where it's like people are scared of nature because it's like oh well you know nature all has their gods and we don't want to anger the gods we want to stay in our lane then all of a sudden like you get down to the modern era and they've you know you've got a bunch of advancing Christian societies, uh, particularly, you know, you look at the, the United States and whatnot, and they see, oh, you know, our purpose as a people is to, you know, be fruitful and multiply first. But then secondly, oh, we have dominion over the earth. We can, you know, subdue it. We can control it. This is, yeah, the birth of modern science really came from this, from this wanted knowledge of like, God has given us this whole earth to look over. Let's just go hard. And I would argue, and this is a, this is a rather strange one, but I would argue that the modern environmental movement has grown out of an understanding of our responsibility as human beings to look after the planet, which has grown out of the biblical command where we are given dominion over the earth to take care of the earth. When the Bible mm. uses the word dominion here, it uses a word that is um, often translated as stewardship. We are yes. stewards of the earth. We are here to care for it, to mm. be in charge of it, to look after it. And that's kind of really weird because the modern uh, green movement is a very atheistic you know, anti-God movement, mm. and yet what they are doing is expressing in many ways uh, their God-given responsibility. Yeah, like very... Without even realising it. Yeah, pro-God sentiments. Like, essentially, because it's not in any other model where there is a mandate or, you know, any morality tied up in caring for the world because, you know, your job is just to, to live and die. Whereas this is, hey, where we want you to experience the world, you know, from a moral perspective, that this is this is your life you're living here, uh, and uh, yeah, you you actually have something to care about, something to do. Right. And this is, sorry. Yeah, this, just go. in saying that, um, it doesn't mean that you know having mastery, having dominion, doesn't mean that we abuse you know our 100%. privilege, right, and exploit creation. You know, rather it is you know being God's stewards, taking that opportunity and using it for something good, just as God intended originally. Absolutely. Mm. It is one of those situations, though, where we being in charge means that you have more more responsibility than just to sit back and uh, let evolution take its place. And so, this is the I'm going to I'm going to continue this theme because I would say that the modern green movement that says that we need to take care of our planet is not an evolutionary movement. It's not based on evolution. If it was based on evolution, you would say, well, survival of the fittest, natural selection means that humans destroying the planet is actually a good thing. Mm. Because destruction is going to weed out weaker species. Um, it's a natural process. We have evolved to have brains that enable us to be destructive and that is actually going to strengthen the long-term existence of life on the earth. Mm. And so, therefore, an evolutionist really, truly should just sit back and say, no, let humans do whatever they want to the planet because that's just natural selection. It's a natural process that is taking place uh, as humans have evolved to have brains so that they can do that. Um, just let it happen. It's a little bit like, you know, we have my favourite rant, um, which is, you know, Cats in Australia, feral cats in Australia. Use this as an example. They kill, what was it, 20 billion native animals per year. About 12. 20. Okay. All right, laugh. <laughs> Research is out. It's at least 20. Um, 
The and, and so we have, you know, this massive ecological disaster and you have two kinds of views. You do have some evolutionists who are the true evolutionists and who are saying, no, this is just a natural process um, throughout the history of evolution you've had you know different species that have you know become an invasive species in another area and they have wiped out a previous species and life has become stronger as a result of that but and, and so therefore we shouldn't touch feral cats and we should embrace them as being a part of you know the new natural environment and we should embrace the fact that we have you know over 200 species that have become extinct as a result of that when you have, you know, but there's very, very few true evolutionists that go down that path because if you take that to its natural conclusion, then we shouldn't stop humans from doing anything that is damaging mm. to the environment. Mm. Then you have the evolutionists who will take the argument that all creatures are of equal value and that a bug is of equal value to a human and therefore we don't drive cars because bugs will get squashed on the windscreen mm. because, you know, we value human life, we value the life of bugs and so forth. And you get all of these extremes that come in when you get away from God. Mm. But almost universally, embedded within the human heart is this desire to take care of our planet and to take care of our environment. Mm-hmm. And to manage our environment, to look after our environment, to use our environment to make the world a better place. Mm. Right. Where does that come from? That's not evolutionary. <laughs> yeah, that wow. comes from God. We got to speak. We're, you know, we're, we're in this section no, of the Bible. A little bit sidetracked here, but ah, no, all good, all good, all good. I just want to say this: uh, we're in this section of the Bible actually in our afternoon show with Robbie Morgan, and uh, you know. Uh, we were talking about the difference between liberty and license. This idea that liberty is to, to function in this world within the creative bounds. Uh, well, you know, liberty is, yeah, to function within something within its creative design versus license, which is just to do whatever you want. And, you know, just scientifically, we've come to the conclusion. And when I say scientifically, I mean by just looking at what happens when we uh, function in license, you know, when we function by just doing whatever we want, destroying the planet however we want, or just leaving it however we want, not following the mandate that's given is that it ultimately leads to destruction. Uh, whereas when we when we act in liberty, which is within the creative, you know, bounds of this mandate that's God's given to us, this commandment God's given to us is like, oh, you will be the most liberated if you live this way. Take Taking care of the planet, we see the best results. So it's clear, it's clear to me, especially because when this was written, you know, environmental catastrophes just simply didn't exist. Like human made ones. That's right. You know, like man, whereas it's every, every year we're talking about the next, the next issue, the next problem, the next. So. It's clear to me that this wisdom is more than just, it, it has to be like transcending the mind of the people who, who were listening to it, who wrote it, uh, because it's like, wow, like God makes such a point to take care of the earth, even back when, you know, the actions of humans didn't really play into the condition of the earth. But yeah, I don't know. Those that, that are no, some thoughts that I had. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Mm. Okay. So, um, so here's a question, you know, Genesis 1, verse 28, 29, the two verses that we just read here, they tell us that, you know, how God views the um, material word. Do they imply that there is something bad in material things and our enjoyment of them, Janae? No, I think 
you know, you see in these verses that God takes the material world very seriously, just as mm. he does, you know, everything else. And um, we see that he created them with value. It's not like they're not of value, but we as humans, it is up to us to not overvalue them or undervalue them. And so, mm. you know, it has importance, but to an extent that we need to recognize. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you say, it's a very good point there that it's in balance. Mm. We don't undervalue, we don't overvalue. It's mm. that middle ground right there that makes sense in our world, and that's what God called us to actually do. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Just quick text to come in. Um, watch the end last night, another great presentation. Good job, Lyle. What a wonderful saviour we have. No, praise God, we certainly do, and it was a privilege to be able to speak about the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. And uh, on the end, did you understand you caught the end of the end? Was that right there? <laughs> yes, I caught the end, the end of the end. Good stuff. Fantastic. Fantastic and of course, we'll be back on again tomorrow night. Uh, Sharissa Tarosian, the third part of this three-part series as a part of our Easter program that's coming mm. through between uh, Palm Sunday and Easter. And uh, she'll be wrapping the series up tomorrow evening, so make sure that you don't miss it there. Also, quick reminder to go to faithfm.com.au and fill out our survey. Mm. We need to know. It is critical that we really need to know um, exactly what your thoughts are in relationship to, um, into you know, what's the best kind of programming we can make here on Faith FM to make this radio station a better place. Mm. Good stuff. All right. Oh, I think we've got another text coming through here. Let me oh, just have a quick squeeze just here. Just a slew of texts. All right, here we go. Um, Adam and Eve's sin was a human catastrophe. Oh, wow. Mm, okay. Absolutely. It was. Mm. Because, well, <laughs> everything went haywire after they sinned. Mm. You know, it started out so perfect. Genesis 1 verse 28, we're just going to co- kind of keep focusing on these passages this morning, mm. and particularly verse 28 is what I want to look at next. Um, Janae, you've been doing our reading this morning, so why don't you read this one for us for the third time? Yes. <laughs> in case somebody new tuned in. Yes. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so when the Bible says here that God blessed Adam and Eve, what does that actually mean? Mm. I think he blessed their union and their relationship, and God's relationship with Adam and Eve before sin is kind of a glimpse of the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us now, even after sin, because that was just an example of the perfect relationship, really, that, Mm. you know, connection between God and man and woman, obviously, um, and how it was, you know, so open, um, so trusting, so loving. Mm. And what we see there is really what, you know, we can all aspire to have with God today and in the future. Absolutely. I couldn't have uh, possibly (laughs) said that better. If there are are more 15-year-old year year 10 students like you at your school, send them this direction (laughs) because we want to put them on radio. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I had a whole bunch of things I was going to say in relationship to chapter 1 and verse 28, and I think Janae just sort of summarized the whole lot and just said it right there. Damn. Let's go. You know, I kind of see this as being the first wedding. Mm. Mm. You know, when you look at the very first wedding, they're, 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 it, it takes place here. God conducts it, and we find that in God's blessing, and I see that this is God placing his blessing on the marriage relationship. Mm. Mm. You know, the marriage relationship and the Sabbath, with, which is a relationship with God, showing, you know, the importance that God places on relationships, are the only two institutions that we have 
that come to us from a world before sin. Mm. Right. Everything else has been invented since sin. But those two institutions come, they predate sin. And in such, they become a foretaste of heaven. Mm. Right. A little bit of a sample of what heaven can be like. And of course, you know, with both of those, of sin messes our world up and it messes our relationships up. And we don't get to experience it in the way that God has designed us to experience it. But we get, you know, those little tastes, those little glimpses in the marriage relationship and in the Sabbath, you know, in the relationship we have with God of the pure joy that heaven will be. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting in verse 31, it finishes off and it's like, it finishes off this uh, this passage about creation. And it's like, this is, it was very good. You know, this is the first time it says that. And I believe it's because it's, it's really where we, uh, what is fleshed out before us is the image of God. We talked a little a couple of days ago about the image of God, but we see here it's in relationship, uh, creation in the human in the human sense, uh, procreation, relationship, creation, and purpose. Those three things combining ultimately display to us the image of God, mm. um, because that's who God himself is like his purpose, his creation and uh, his relationship is, is what makes up God. What, what we can understand about God. You know, we were talking a little bit uh, earlier this week about how, you know, we don't know what God looks like. We don't know his physical makeup. The only times we have seen what God looks like is when he stoops down to our level as a man, like being coming and, and speaking to us, you know, through, through angels or through his son um, pre-incarnate and then post-incarnate as well, you know, through Jesus, but it's like we see God clearest through these this union right here, and that's why it's blessed by God. That's why it's very good because it's like finally the image of God has been created. Uh, we we're talking a little bit earlier, you know, about evolutionists and the value of mm-hmm. creation. It's like, yeah, the world was made perfect, and obviously, like if the perfect world is made by a perfect God, then its value would be one of perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the the purpose of that is not the creation itself being perfect, but rather yet yeah, the, the human experience that they live in the image of God. That's what God sees is like, this is very good. This is perfect. This is what I was aiming for. Uh, not to just, you know, flex that I can make beautiful planets or whatever, but know that I can give someone a living experience of love, sure. which is it, it, in fact, like it's the only thing that we as humans can't do. We can procreate, we can build, we can do all these amazing things, but can we give someone the experience of love without them choosing it? No, but God can. That's powerful. It is. It's absolutely amazing. And you sort of, you get a glimpse of it when uh, you have, you know, children, you get that sort of tiny foretaste of, you know, of of what it is like to have that, you know, that relationship between Mm. God and his children. Amen. Ah, what have we got here? Hilary Scott and the Scott family, Love Remains. Goes perfectly with what you're just sharing there, Lawson. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Question of the day. <laughs> Alright. So, our question is, will we reproduce in heaven? If we do, or God creates new beings, does that create the danger of sin returning? Okay, this is kind of two questions in one. Will we re- will we reproduce in heaven, and will if that happens, will that create the danger of sin returning? So, we'll begin with the first question: Will we reproduce in heaven? First of all, the Bible doesn't say. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's what we need to note. So there's a couple of observations. Some people will say, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about it. Uh, the purpose of procreation in the Garden of Eden obviously was to fill the earth, and that's been done. Uh, you know, when you get the saved of all ages in the new earth, the earth will be full. Mm-hmm. And uh, they will also point out that Jesus says that there is no marriage in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so that's that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is oh, and somebody just got um, bragging rights on the uh, correct bragging rights on the um, on the quiz. Okay, so the next one says that God is. So the other, the opposite view is that God is creative, mm-hmm. and that to remove our creative ability would be to remove the image of God in us because we're created in the image of God. So you right. take that away from us, you've taken away the image of God out of human beings. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose of the plan of salvation is to restore the image of God in human beings. Uh, they also point out that the universe, while the earth might be full, mm-hmm. the universe is not. And so there's plenty of room for procreation uh, that's not limited to this earth. And so, well, very simply, the Bible does not say those are some of the the pros and the fours. And then the question comes up, okay, does that run the risk of sin coming back again? Mm -hmm. So sin is guaranteed never to come back again, not because God makes it impossible. If God made it impossible for sin to come back, the only way God could do that would be by removing our power of choice. And the moment you remove the power of choice, love ceases to exist. Mm. Right. You would obliterate love with one movie. You made it impossible for anyone ever to sin again. Love doesn't exist. Right. And so the reason that sin will not come back is not because God removes our power of choice, but because the whole universe has seen and experienced sin. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, when you get to heaven, Janae, are you going to sort of be wandering around heaven and it's all great and amazing and just mind-blowing and then saying, yeah, you know what, uh, death and pain and suffering and uh, disease was pretty good, I'll start that over again? No. No. Yes. <laughs> because you've been there and experienced it. Mm-hmm. But then if you have children in heaven, they haven't been there, there and experienced it. Right. Satan had never been there and experienced it when he started sin. Mm-hmm. And so then there is the risk that it could come back again. I would say not. That risk does not exist. Okay. Because very early on, because sin has existed once, and it's existed for 6,000 years, uh, whenever anyone was sort of tempted to think that way and they were going to go to God and say, you know, maybe there's an alternative or God reads human minds and God can see that they are sort of, you know, having alternative thoughts and God comes to them and says, I understand you're having some alternative thoughts. Um you, let's let's chat about it, and God can uh, say, "Well, you know, let's sit down and review what happened last time somebody tried this." Yep. I've got uh, six thousand years worth of footage here. How much of it would you like to see? Mm-hmm. Um, how many individuals would you like to focus on? You know, and they could just focus on your life, Janae, or yours, Lawson, and just play the story of your life, and that would be, you know, on my life, that would be convincing enough. <laughs> you know, nobody after that would ever want to go back to. <laughs> Um, you know, to, to, to living, a, to bringing sin back again. And so because the existence of sin is always on record, then it's going to be safe for God and for anybody else to create more life for the rest of eternity. Yes. Mm. And this is, this is, we serve a creative God. It would be very strange if this brought an end to creation. Mm-hmm. You know, sin brings an end to it and nothing ever happens again. Uh, God doesn't need to do that because he has it all on record and he can share that record with the universe. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.